Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations, metrics, and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I have got a treat for all of you. You know, when you start a podcast like this, there's usually other folks in the industry that you're listening to. And I have a person joining us on the show today that I've been listening to since I started this show. It's very, very exciting. They call him the experts experts. He's the author of several books, five in fact, the most recent ones being The Financial Management of a Marketing Firm, which is one of the nerdiest, most detailed books on the financial management of an agency I've ever read. It's worth every penny, as well as The Business of Expertise. This might be the one that you'll recognize him from. He's spoken at hundreds of conferences, including TEDx Talks. He's been featured in The Wall Street Journal, He's been featured in Fast Company, USA Today, Forbes, CBS. That list is very long. He's worked with over 900 firms in this space. And when he's not helping agencies and consultancies run better, you can find him teaching people how to race motorcycles at the Superbike School, perhaps flying around the world in airplanes and helicopters, shooting photography, or doing custom word working at his home in Tennessee. I'm not talking about the guy from the Dos Equis commercials. No, this is a real person. His name is David C. Baker. So with all of that, David, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. <laughs> thank you. Almost didn't recognize myself. I'm excited to be here. I I looked at the other guests that you've had, and it's a very impressive list. So I feel like I'm in good company. I appreciate the invitation. Look forward to our conversation today. With all of this said, there's a topic that, especially as of late, you've gone very deep into. It's the topic of your latest book that has gotten amazing reviews that I've read. It's one of my favorites, and it's all around expertise. And this is one of the things that I'd love to discuss on today's show, really how you see expertise, why it's so important for firms and how it can help them become more profitable. Because my belief is that it is one of the fundamental building blocks for us to do the things and, and execute the behaviors as an agency that lead to profitable outcomes. But before we go into too much detail, how would we define expertise for the con context of this conversation? I would define expertise in this context as selling your thinking to people who are losing sleep trying to find those answers. And that's, that's quite distinct from what we used to make money from in this field. So in the past, most of what we made money from was implementation, skilled implementation. They're, the tools that exist now didn't exist then. The education, the training was very unique to a, a small group of people. So if you needed something that involved typography or separations or something like that, you had to go to a firm. Well, that world is completely different now in that the tools are so available to everybody. We've slowly been losing all the things that we did, that we made money from, and we're slowly left with this small island, which is essentially our brain. And that's what the value is that we have to give to our clients. So what is really the benefit of 
positioning yourself as an expert in the market as opposed to more of an implementation agency? It There isn't much advantage in positioning yourself unless you understand positioning as fundamentally about the availability of substitutes. So if my positioning is to do copywriting for X, then I'm going to be able to charge a premium for that if I am only one of several people who are really good at it. But if a lot of people, if, if essentially my expertise is interchangeable with a lot of people, then I don't have any pricing power in the marketplace. If there isn't a competitor to Netflix, then they can charge whatever they want. If there's, if there's a competitor to my copywriting skills or my design skills, then uh, apart from just hustling more from a sales standpoint, I can't really charge for it. So, and this emerges from a completely different world. It's not one that we created. It's really a world that was Googleized and changed the whole expertise equation. And we got trained as buyers of specialized services in that we now go to a search engine and we expect that when we need something that First of all, we can find exactly what we need. Second, we can find it very quickly. And third, we can find it in many cases for free. So the whole equation around expertise is very different and it requires a, unfortunately, I don't think it's necessarily a good thing, but unfortunately it requires us to be really deep in something and then all the other ways we make money flows from that out of a convenience arrangement with our clients, but not one that's essential. So why do you think it is that, especially, I mean, we, we've both seen examples of this. Why do you think it is that so many agencies struggle with their positioning, especially as it relates to this topic? There are a lot of reasons. I think most of those reasons are pretty common to almost everybody that struggles, but then they have their own sort of pet reasons that surface to the top. But if you think one, one of those is this mindset of, the opposite of abundance. It's this fear that will run out of opportunity. And so instinctively, we think that narrowing our focus will narrow our opportunity when in fact, the opposite is the case. So that's part of it. We're, we're just afraid that we won't be busy enough. And we don't want to say no to too much opportunity. Another one is simply our absolute deep mental love of learning new things. And so the notion of playing in the same playground and getting really, really good at that, we're just sitting there wondering what are all the fun things happening on the other playgrounds? And I don't want to miss those, even though it may have some sort of a, a negative effect on my opportunity to, to get a price premium. You don't see architects or lawyers or physicians uh, struggling with the same kind of thing that we do. They, they assume they're going to have to be a very specific expert in order to build a strong practice. Mm. So what are some of the signs that uh, somebody listening might want to look for to figure out if they need to do some work on their positioning? One of the easiest ways to identify that you have a challenge here is whether or not you have a really effective lead generation plan. Now, if you don't have an effective lead generation plan, it could be that 
you're positioned really well, but you're it's just not disciplined, right? If you want to be more active and you in your marketing, and you're not sure how to do that. That's probably the best sign that you have a challenge there. If you're happy being passive and just doing the work that comes your way that crosses the transom without much work on your part, then you're probably not ever going to feel like you need a different positioning. What are kind of some of those fundamental steps to now taking your expertise and actually leveraging it into a position that affords us the ability to be profitable? There, there needs to be enough of an established marketplace that we already can identify some competitors. There has to be a few, ideally, you know, 10 plus competitors in that space, but there can't be more than around 200. Now this is different for different branches of the professional services, but in this pace, this uh, place, that's, that's what would be the answer. Somewhere between 10 and 200. What that should yield to us is way more opportunity than we need. And the reason for that is because intellectually we know, consistently we know in the early stages of a conversation with a prospect that this is probably not a great fit or this is a fantastic fit. But if it's the former, if it doesn't feel like a great fit, we usually are not um, confident enough to say no to that work unless right next to it is a, is a better fit that we could attack or could try to attract and and work for. So there needs to be an abundance of opportunity, way more opportunity than we can handle. And that represents the gap between what we can do and the opportunity. And that that tells us what, that we can keep saying no. And then we can keep pushing our prices higher and not be afraid of that primary thing that just freezes us. And that's when a prospect says, oh, I'm sorry, that's too much for us. We can't do that. When you look at what drags performance down at a firm, it is almost exclusively relationships with clients who keep fighting your budgets. And the answer to that ultimately is the right positioning and then an abundance of opportunity through a lead gen plan. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. Hmm. Now, I want to dig into there's there's some nerdy stuff here. And I know we like to get nerdy on the show. And there are a lot of folks that, you know, traditionally, when we think about utilization, we think about looking at timesheets as a way to get to that number. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people that don't have the luxury of having had tracked a lot of time for, you know, an extended period of time, or they have been tracking time. But of course, that's been a bit of a futile uh, effort in that the data is not very reliable, it's not very complete, and so on. But you present a very interesting solution in the financial management of a marketing firm where you discuss financial timekeeping to get to a utilization rate. Now, of course, for those that want the details, we'll leave a link in the show notes to the book. And I, I do recommend that you go download it. But what is the high level idea of how we get to that number for those that might want to give themselves a gut check? Sure. So you 
you multiply several numbers together. So that would be the total number of people you have, billable and unbillable, the number of hours those people are working over a set period of time, your average billable rate, even if you never talk with clients about it, even if you don't use a billable rate normally, you still have something in your head. It's usually somewhere between $160 and $200. Multiply that by um, the number of weeks people are working in a year, and that's somewhere in the 45, 46, and then multiply that by 60. And those things added together, and there's a free calculator on the website if you don't want to mess with that. Those things added together tell you what your potential fee revenue is and then compare that with your actual and so if the the potential is 60% and your actual is less than that then figure out what that percentage is and then you know you have a gap the first thing to do to fix that would be to say all right do i have a very qualified efficient team put together they just don't have enough work to do in other words some of them are sitting around some of the time well that's a different problem to fix but in most cases they are usually busy but they're not productive from a financial standpoint and that's because you don't have the right kinds of clients that we've been talking about so for those that may we go and check out that calculator and realize whoa there's a gap here um and perhaps they've deduced that they need to position themselves to start commanding higher price points maybe there's some clients on the roster that they need to start transitioning out um what advice do you have for them on how to start thinking about executing on that strategy I think, so this is maybe not what people expect me to say, but I would urge them to figure out how unhappy they are with that in the first place. If it's more of this intellectual curiosity or this sense of unhappiness that comes and goes, then I wouldn't mess with it. It's, it, it's a very painful process to get out of your normal habits and create a higher performing firm. If the firm has a good culture and it's meeting your financial needs and you don't feel any deep um, compulsion to change it, then I probably wouldn't change it. But if you're if you are consistently frustrated with your firm, then probably the first thing I would do would be to adjust positioning and then solve the lead generation problem. But there's another one, and that's a little bit painful. What's more painful than that would maybe involve adjusting some staffing. You know, we get pretty close to the people we work for. Your listeners, my clients, they run small firms. They know everybody. It's really difficult to make some of those tough choices around staffing. But that sometimes is a part of it. There's other little things, too, like maybe simplifying the service offerings you're offering clients. Your clients should consistently be buying or using most of your services most of the time. You don't want it to look like a Cheesecake Factory menu where there's this isolated thing that somebody bought three years ago and you feel like you have to keep staffing for it. Don't be afraid of addressing a very, very specific thing that a client needs and let them dance with other people. That's okay. You don't have to meet all of their needs. You can, you can be satisfied with being a, a really amazing defined provider that gets a premium for their service and not feel like you have to conquer the world. Part of, I think what gets us in this challenging situation is our 
absolute chasing of growth all the time when it isn't all that necessary. There's no sense that a firm has to be growing bigger and bigger and bigger to be successful. It's okay to be a certain size that meets your own goals. And when you chase growth, sometimes it's very healthy growth that your employees love because there are more rungs on the career ladder. But other times that growth is not quality revenue. It's simply to chase a, an Inc. 5000 award. But when you look at the bottom at the end of the year, you've worked harder, you've made less money, you're, you're drawn further away from the work that you love doing, and now you're managing people. And if you're not good at it, then, then stop that already, then create a different firm. It's a dangerous trap that I'm sure we've both seen lots of folks fall into, right? Increasing the staff, increasing the overhead, and then struggling to close enough revenue to just meet those financial obligations, which leads right back to what we were discussing earlier on, right? Which is ending up with a lot of clients and a lot of work that just isn't really flowing through the organization well, isn't really serving us as much as it should be. Um, so with that, David, thank you so much for making the time to come on the show and sharing your insights today. Thank you, Marcel. I really enjoyed being with you. Thanks for all the great questions too. My pleasure. And for those of you listening, let us know wherever you're listening to this, what you got from it, what questions you have. We'd love to hear from you. And with that, we'll see you in the next Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeta.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener, and we will see you on the next episode.
Chao.